Well, welcome everybody. Today is unbelievably May 12th, but we're going to air this recorded episode on May, t- May 19th, 2021. I'm Trey Dobson, uh, Chief Medical Officer at Southwestern Vermont Medical Center and an emergency medicine physician with Dartmouth Hitchcock Health. And this is Medical Matters Weekly, a show about the aspects of healthcare that matter to you most. Um, and my guest today that I'm very excited to have is Dr. David Furman. He's a gastroenterologist uh, with Dartmouth-Hitchcock at SVMC uh, in our SVMC gastroenterology office, as well as in the hospital. He is a native New Englander. Uh, he has a medical degree from Boston University School of Medicine, 11 years as an officer and physician in the United States Navy. Um, he is a veteran of war in Afghanistan, having proudly served there from 2012 to 2013 got his fellowship in gastroenterology at Walter Reed Hospital in Washington, D.C., and the National Naval Medical Center in Bethesda, Maryland, and it goes on and on. Welcome, David, to our show. Thank you for having me. Yeah, we're so psyched to have you here, and and let's just start a little bit about your background. Tell us a little bit about where you grew up, and then all the way through how you ended up here. Yeah, well, uh, as you mentioned, I am a, a native New Englander, different part of New England. I grew up in the Boston suburbs. I uh, actually grew up in Lexington, Massachusetts, the birthplace of America's freedom. And uh, it's actually, uh, you know, there must have been something in the in the stars or must be in my blood to be living in, in a colonial town because, uh, you know, walking around uh, Old Town Bennington or um, Manchester Village and seeing the colonial houses and the white churches and uh, it feels like, uh, like Lexington once again. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so... Um, you know, grew up in, in New England, uh, grew up watching the Red Sox and cheering for the Celtics. And of course, that was the 80s. So the Patriots weren't a whole lot to cheer for. But uh, it was really kind of an idyllic uh, community. Um, Lexington itself, if you're not familiar with it, is uh, just outside of Boston and uh, is, is really just a, a very nice suburb. Um, has a, a, pub, a product of the public schools there. And uh, but it's always been, you know, New England is New England as far as I'm concerned. And now you're in, in an area where you read about the Green Mountain Boys that you uh, used to read about, or at least you're living among that area. That's great. Yes. And so then uh, you, so you, you, were, you grew up there and then you decided to go into medicine. What brought you into medicine? It was actually uh, somewhat of a convoluted path to, to medicine. Uh, I was, you know, I, I often counsel young people that, don't be discouraged if you don't know what you want to do, because eventually it all works out. Um, when I had originally gone off to, to college, I really had no idea that I was going to end up in medicine. And it really be, was sort of an afterthought. Uh, found my way into medicine, believe it or not, to become a neurologist uh, after developing a, a, a fascination with uh, neuroepiphenomenon. Uh, was a big fan of Oliver Sacks and uh things that happen when people get head injuries. But as it turned out, when I got to medical school, uh, when I finally had the opportunity to rotate in neurology, it really was not something that interested me in clinical practice. One of the greatest pieces of advice someone had given me, one of my mentors in medical school had given me was they said, you know, when choosing a a specialty, uh, don't choose something based on the most exciting fascinating part of that specialty because every specialty has something that's fascinating and exciting. What you really need to choose is something based on what you're going to be dealing with on its most banal day-to-day run-of-the-mill exposures, because that's of course what you're going to be doing. 
And so neurology, uh, you know, headaches and seizure medications just wasn't my cup of tea. Uh, once I discovered gastroenterology, however, and discovered that I could talk to people about their bodily functions and, uh, and their eating habits uh, and, you know, talk about, about cancer prevention and uh, abdominal pain and all these things that, that to me really were quite fascinating. So that's how I ended up uh, where I am now. Now, uh, interestingly, um, there were lots of things within, within uh, medicine that I really enjoyed. And, uh, but even before going to medical school, I had uh, done a, a brief period of time where I was a speech language pathologist. Mm -hmm. uh, again, pursuing that interest in neurophenomenon and neurolinguistics. And so uh, going to medical school to become a neurologist was really going to be a continuation of that. Uh, one of the things that gastroenterology has really offered me is that uh, part of the purview of the gastroenterologist is swallowing uh, impairments. And that is also part of the purview of, of speech pathologists. So uh, some of that early training that I had back in my speech path days has really come to benefit me as a gastroenterologist as well. Oh, that's great. Yeah, actually, a lot of us in, in medicine don't really have exposure from different fields. And I bet you that does give you a little bit of different insight and perspective into the problems people face. So, so you went into the military then after you were in medical school or before? Yeah, so, uh, so uh, each of the branches of, of, the, of the U.S. military, or at least the Air Force, the Army, and, and the Navy, uh, each offer scholarship programs for physicians. Uh, this is a way for the these branches of the service to be able to um, to recruit physicians. And the way that the, the scholarship works is they pay your way through medical school, and in in exchange, you owe them a certain amount of time back. Uh, so for me, uh, going joining uh, doing medical school already thirty years old uh, was you know I didn't really know how I was going to pay for it, uh, and the U.S. Navy offered a hand, and I accepted it. So, uh, so I was on the, in the scholarship program, and it really turned out to be a, a fantastic program. If there's anyone out there who uh, has ever considered a, a career in medicine and is wondering about how to finance their education, I really encourage looking into the, the military. Uh, it's called the HPSC, the HPSP uh, scholarship programs, and. So I was able to go through a civilian medical school, Boston University, got a great education there, and then uh, went and did my postgraduate medical training. So my internship, a residency, and then fellowship as well in uh, wearing the uniform in, in military facilities and got great training doing that. And uh, you know, I never appreciated how much pride I would have wearing a uniform, but uh, it really was a great, a great opportunity for me and a great experience. And so when you went to Afghanistan, Dr. Furman, what were you doing there as far as gastroenterology? That's not what a lot of us think about, but I have my own thoughts. No, no, and that's, that's a great question. And the other question I'm sure comes to mind is what was a Navy doctor doing in a landlocked country like Afghanistan? Yes. But that's another story. Uh, so I actually was, was in Afghanistan, not as a gastroenterologist per se, but just as, a, as an internist. Um, and actually, I was not there doing patient care. Uh, I was part of NATO forces uh, helping win the hearts and minds of the Afghan people and, uh, and trying to prop up the Afghan government and support them. And so what I was there doing was I was helping the, uh, the Afghan um, 
the Afghan army's medical corps create um, medical residency programs that they could train their own doctors. Wow. Um, historically in Afghanistan, uh, people become doctors through a, um, you know, tutelage program, um, basically an apprentice program. If you go through medical school uh, and medical schools are, are not formal like we have here. And once you create a, once you have gotten your medical degree, if you are fortunate enough to know someone who is already a doctor and they're willing to take you under their, their wing, you become whatever specialty they are and you learn whatever they already know um, or whatever they don't know. But if they don't have the evidence-based multidisciplinary uh, training programs that we have in, in Western countries. So we were helping them uh, create such, such a program while I was there, I wrote about 2,000 pages of curriculum uh, for, for a residency program and uh, kind of helped them get that started up. It was really quite fascinating, uh, but certainly was not, I wasn't there as a gastroenterologist. Well, what an experience. I, I do have a, a close friend and colleague who is uh, in the Navy or was in the Navy as an otolaryngologist in uh, Afghanistan for a few years. And he said he actually, you know, ended up treating a lot uh, of the U.S. forces out there, right? So they need doctors too. And, uh, uh, but that is excellent that you're working in education. So let's talk about gastroenterology just a, a little bit. And um, as an emergency physician, of course, I refer patients to you all the time. Mm -hmm. A lot of primary care does, a lot of surgery. Uh, but for, for someone in the audience here who's not in medicine, what, what is a gastroenterologist and, and what do they do? Well, my, my kids would tell you I'm a poop doctor. Uh, but, uh, no, so gastroenterology is, um, is actually a very broad field that encompasses all of digestive disease, uh, basically everything from swallowing function to, uh, to stomach function, intestinal function. It also involves hepatology, meaning study of the liver. Uh, we, we're involved in, in uh, diseases of the pancreas as well. And so it's really a multifaceted uh, discipline. And one of the things that really interested me and one of the things I really enjoy about gastroenterology is it's, uh, it's just as important in wellness as it is in disease. Mm. And so there are a lot of preventative, uh, uh, preventative medicine aspects of, of gastroenterology, and of course, colon cancer screening, which is incredibly important, uh, but also general wellness and nutrition are, are part of gastroenterology. Um, the other thing that really appeals to me in, in my particular area of interest within gastroenterology is what we refer to as benign functional disease. You know, not everything that we need to see a doctor about is life-threatening, um, but certainly uh, in terms of gastro gastrointestinal conditions, a lot of it really affects quality of life. And uh, so, you know, simple things like being able to eat a meal and not feel uncomfortable afterwards are things that a lot of people struggle with. And uh, gastroenterology is the, the field that hopefully can help out with that. And for the audience as well, if, if you're not familiar now, of course, many of you are, and you've actually seen a gastroenterologist yourself, or you've had a family member uh, see one, or you know one, uh, is that gastroenterologists, they sort of bridge, they are internists by training, so internal medicine, uh, and then also are proceduralists, uh, nearly like surgeons doing lots of procedures. And, and Dr. Furman, just tell me a little bit about the procedural offerings here at, at Southwestern Vermont Medical Center. Sure. So generally speaking, when we're talking about, about uh, gastroenterologic procedures or gastrointestinal procedures, uh, we're talking about what we call endoscopy. Endoscopy is technology where we use 
a fiber optic camera scope um, that is able to go in through a natural orifice, usually the, the mouth or the backside, and uh, examine the inside of the digestive organs. So our two kind of bread and butter uh, endoscopic procedures that we do here are what are called upper endoscopies. This is our way for evaluating uh, upper digestive conditions. Uh, also allows us to screen for things like stomach cancer or esophageal cancer in appropriate people. Um, but more, more often it's uh, diagnostic evaluations for people who are having issues with chronic uh, acid reflux issues, uh, we call dyspepsia, you know, discomfort after you eat, uh, abdominal pain. And uh, through that camera, we can do both therapeutics. Uh, if someone happens to, for example, be bleeding, uh, we can acutely go in and, and fix those bleeds. Uh, but we also are able to do biopsies uh, to help make diagnoses. Uh, of course, at the other end, we're doing colonoscopies. Uh, this is our gold standard best way of screening for colon cancer, but it's also a way of, uh, again, evaluating for uh, certain lower, uh, lower digestive symptoms and intervening if someone has bleeding. There are more advanced procedures that can be done endoscopically uh, that we are also doing here with the, uh, uh, the help of some more specialized of my colleagues, where we uh, can do procedures to intervene for uh, issues with gallstones, um, we can also do diagnostic procedures to evaluate uh, diseases of the pancreas, um, diseases of the bile duct. And uh, so those are, those are the general procedures that we're doing here. For, so for the audience that's local here, um, let me just give you a little background uh, or a little bit of what's going on in gastroenterology now. So we have uh, Dr. Furman as well as his partner, Dr. Dr. Kola Kamar, uh, both gastroenterologists. We have an office with uh, many uh, a nursing team and um, support services. And then we have all of the endoscopy uh, procedural area that Dr. Furman was talking about in the hospital. But outside of the service area, because this, this podcast goes uh, beyond here and and uh, in much of the rest of the state of Vermont, there's University of Vermont Medical Center. Almost all of the uh, community hospitals also have gastroenterology. And then Dartmouth-Hitchcock, of which a part S. Uh, of which uh, Dr. Furman is a part of our DH system. So if you have questions on that, you can contact us and we'll help you uh, contact your, your primary care doctor. They know how to get you uh, into the right place. And we are improving access. Access uh, throughout the state for gastroenterology has been difficult, but it's improving. Uh, we are also recruiting a third gastroenterologist to, to uh, join uh, Dr. Furman and Dr. Kumar. Uh, and as well as increase our procedural ability. So those are just some exciting news because I know people uh, that are listening uh, want to know. So let me ask you a little bit about some of your experiences um, and what you can shed some light on. Just tell us about uh, in your career, what are some of the more exciting things that you've seen uh, in gastroenterology? Yeah, so it's you know, an interesting question. You know, a lot of times when uh, I can imagine that when, when doctors are, relaying what are some of their most memorable experiences or most rewarding experiences. It's going to be the exciting thing. You know, they cured some, um, some disease or saved a life or, and, and certainly, uh, you know, I've had had opportunities where I've, uh, acutely intervened, uh, for, for someone who is, um, really quite ill and been able to turn, help turn them around. And of course that is very rewarding, but for me, really the most rewarding part of my job are, uh, again, these day-to-day -day interactions, these more banal kinds of, of interactions with people who have chronic uh, digestive issues. And 
uh, over the years, I've my, my specialty personally is in this functional realm of referred to as neurogastroenterology conditions like irritable bowel syndrome. Uh, a lot of people who have irritable bowel syndrome have been uh, unfortunately suffering from their condition for, for years and years, oftentimes going from doctor to doctor and uh, largely being you know, brushed aside, being told, oh, you know, it's nothing serious, uh, just, just deal with it. And my approach is really quite different. Uh, when I see these patients, the first thing that I want to do is educate them on why their body feels the way that it does and why it's responding the way that it does. And I frame that in the context of their digestive nervous system uh, dysfunction. And uh, I try to reassure them and um, that, that what they're experiencing is not in their head. They're not imagining it. Um, but it also is very even though it's not dangerous, it certainly is serious and can really affect quality of life and really can be, can be life altering. Um, so through that, uh, I've really formed some very, very strong relationships with, with people, very strong therapeutic relationships. And even though, you know, I always counsel people that I won't necessarily be able to cure them of that irritable bowel or whatever else, we can at least help manage it together. And, uh, you know, I've, I've often had patients relate to me and say, you know, you're the first person who made me feel like I wasn't crazy or made me feel like I wasn't making this up or wasting their time. And, uh, you know, I think that that's an important role for us is, is to be, you know, not just uh, handing out medication, but also being a therapeutic ear um, and, and being a support. Well, I can tell you, um, you know, you've been here a short time. Uh, we're looking forward to you spending the rest of your career here. Um, you've already made a tremendous difference. I see that in, in the patients that, that um, I'm aware of in the emergency department. I hear about it in the community. Uh, I want to thank you for that. You also have a wonderful team uh, with Dr. Kumar and, and the staff. Uh, what are you thinking in the future over the next five to 10 years? What would you like to see um, gastroenterology in this local area look like? Well, you know, there are a lot of very exciting things that are occurring in gastroenterology as a science these days. Um, we have made over the past uh, five or 10 years, uh, our number of therapeutic agents for treating um, very, very difficult diseases like Crohn's disease and ulcerative colitis uh, have, have really blossomed. Uh, we are doing some collaborative work with our colleagues at Dartmouth-Hitchcock Medical Center uh, with their inflammatory bowel disease program. And so hopefully, uh, you know, that's that we'll be able to get off the ground more here as well. Uh, one of the great frontiers in medicine in general, but in gastroenterology specifically, is understanding um, we call the microbiome. This is the bacteria that live in our digestive tract. We really think that it's probably the key to lots of disease and lots of wellness. And uh, there's lots of great uh, research that's being done into that. And we're hoping that therapeutics to be able to uh, alter that biome, microbiome and, and provide uh, treatment for diseases is going to continue to grow and that will be part of that as well. Uh, and then in terms of uh, endoscopic therapeutics, that's also a very fast growing field. Um, these days, in addition to being able to do things like biopsies and uh, stopping bleeding, there are uh, gastroenterologists who are able to actually do call uh, non-invasive surgery uh, or endoscopic surgery. Uh, they can actually resect tumors. Uh, they can do um, uh, other kind of very, very advanced procedures through the endoscope. 
and uh, really would be wonderful if uh, we can develop that capability here as well. Right, and I'll echo that. Um, you know, I want the audience to understand that Dr. Furman is a super addition, and we're going to keep uh, growing the gastroenterology service as well as other services. Uh, we don't want people to have to travel for medical care. Uh, we want to do what we can here. We have excellent uh, physicians and staff, and our collaboration with Dartmouth-Hitchcock allows us to keep uh, more people here for advanced procedures. So we're excited. Um, thank you again for joining us, Dr. Furman of SVMC Gastroenterology. We'll talk with you again uh, in the near future. Uh, thanks everyone in the audience for joining us on Medical Matters Weekly. Again, this is a taped broadcast today. Uh, for uh, May 19th. I'd like to also thank Mike Cutler from CAT TV, Ray Smith from Southwestern Vermont Healthcare, and Ashley Jowett from Southwestern Vermont uh, Healthcare. Next week, we will have Dr. Tamar Schmall of SVMC OBGYN and Deborah Moan, a nurse on women's and children's uh, at SVMC. Um, we can send your questions ahead of time to wellness at svhealthcare.org. I'm Trey Dobson. Go out and find joy in everything you do, even in the face of adversity, and we'll see you next week.